The Secret to Solving the Obesity Puzzle. This is Carrie, and I love puzzles. Anybody that knows me knows that I like putting a puzzle together. And I am really good at putting the obesity treatment puzzle together. I want to bring you my knowledge, share with you, dissect each topic, and explain why it's so important for you to understand that each topic plays a very important role with the management of obesity and the treatment for obesity. Let's keep learning and building our masterpiece towards health and wellness. Welcome back. I'm so glad to have you guys back again. Today I'm going to talk about the history of nutrition. I was planning on putting together some information on protein and how much we need, what the basic guidelines are, the guidelines that I follow, and then I started going down the rabbit hole and started really researching nutrition, the history of nutrition, kind of where all of this came to play and all of the specific scientific resources that are out there giving us advice. So just a little bit of a background about myself. I have been an educator for many years. I've taught many classes and every time I put together a presentation, the professor the specialist, whatever you are, at that moment in time, you have to know the subject inside and out. I have learned that I get challenging questions from the audience. I have to know a lot more about that subject matter than potentially what I'm presenting, just based on the fact that there might be questions brought up that you should really know what you're talking about. The educator really needs to educate themselves. Things in healthcare are changing all the time. I mean, it's such a dynamic industry that I could put together a presentation six months ago, but before I give that presentation today, I'm gonna pull up and study the literature and make sure nothing has changed. So likewise, with today's presentation, I felt like I had a really good foundation of knowledge, but boy, when I started researching it, it opened my eyes. I found some, found out some really surprising things that I'm going to share with you today. Okay, so let's get down to it. Let's talk about some history of nutrition and who's telling us what to eat. I know all of you have heard of the RDA, the Recommended Dietary Allowances, that our nutrition is based off of. So nowadays, when you look up the RDA, you have a guideline for protein, calorie recommendations, and macronutrients based on a a 2,000-calorie-a-day diet plan. But in reality, when the RDA was established in 1941 by the Food and Nutritional Board of National Research Council, the members of the National Academy of Sciences, along with the Institutes of Medicine, created the RDA at the request of the National Defense Advisory Commission because it was meant for food relief efforts both in the U.S. and internationally when there was war and economic depression 
countries were trying to address malnutrition or starvation. So the RDA is the minimum requirements to prevent malnutrition and starvation. The RDA was created and it only initially had eight vitamins and minerals that was part of the recommendation for relief efforts. So the process of creating these measurements and recommendations was a board of scientists through the RDA that were tasked to measure energy expenditure and they used a process called nitrogen balance studies in a group of men. Later other developing nutritional guidelines were created based on a method called amino acid oxidation techniques that was uh, much more accurate in designing the calorie intake that's needed to be healthy and well for both men and women. So the RDA stuck around and it expanded from its original eight nutritional elements to 25 nutritional elements in the year of 1989. The original RDA document that was published was 18 pages. When it was updated in 1989, it was updated and had 273 pages. Our nation and Canada followed the RDA measurements and guidelines up until approximately the early 1990s when a dietary reference intake, otherwise DRI, was created. It included a hundred scientists over 10 years of research for food and nutrition and they worked for the Board of Institutes of Medicine creating this dietary reference intake that was much more comprehensive, detailed, and the studies that were done also studied nutrition based on many disease processes and how nutrition affected those disease processes. So with the DRI, the dietary reference intakes, this included 51 nutrients, and then they published that in 2004. They continued to do research and added vitamin D and calcium, published that in 2011. But again, this was a 5,000-page document that took 10 years of research and hundreds of scientists to create, to agree upon, and come up with these guidelines. Okay, we have the DRIs that were created by hundreds of scientists in the late 1990s, the last published paper and recommendations were for calcium and vitamin D in 2011. In the background, there was some competition. Of course, the federal government had to get involved, who started their own research studies in the 1980s. And they published dietary guidelines for Americans that were supported and funded by the U.S. Drug and Food Administration, as well as Health and Human Services of the American government. 
So I did some deep diving into the dietary guidelines for the Americans and they've had since 1980s eight editions published. There was an act in 1990 called the National Nutrition Monitoring and Related Research Act stating that these guidelines needed to be updated every five years which would be supported by the USDA and Health and Human Services jointly helping publish and update the scientific evidence. The initial creation of the dietary guidelines involved 20 scientists that were independent and had scientific review, did research studies over only a 16-month period, and had only six meetings to come up with these dietary guidelines. It's a far contrast from the Dietary Reference Institute, DRIs, that lasted 10 years of research, all age groups, all disease processes, and over a hundred scientists. When you go on to the government website and pull up the Dietary Guidelines for Americans, there is reference, a very short little paragraph, <laughs> recommending and documenting that they consulted the Dietary Reference Institute's research and is part of their dietary guidelines. But when you compare the two all the way down to the nitty-gritty from sodium recommendations to protein to calories, related to age groups and disease processes, there are some pretty interesting controversies and they do not match. So the interesting facts are that the dietary guidelines that were set forth by the U.S. Drug Administration are part of the foundation for health applications moving forward in the United States, but really the DRIs, the Dietary Reference Intake, is the foundation of the critical health applications that have been adopted related to that information. Dietary guidelines based on food formulation used in the U.S. Dietary Guidelines are from the DRI. Nutrition Monitoring and Health Services of America, food assistance programs such as WIC, school meals, adult daycare, nutritional research, military folks that are expending so much calories and energy, down to helping guide nutrition labeling and food supplements. The DRI also laid a foundation for global nutrient standards and many other countries have adopted the same guidelines, Canada, Europe, based on the DRI reference. Okay, with this information, not to confuse you too much, but if you pull up nutrition guidelines, there are expert opinions for each group out there regarding nutrition. They have the foundation, either they're using the DRIs or they're using the daily reference value, but they each have their own twist on nutrition 
values and how it applies to a disease process such as diabetes. So the American Diabetes Association has their own nutrition guidelines. Obesity Medicine Association has their own nutrition guidelines based on obesity using the foundation of the DRI. The twist using their expert opinion for that disease process further makes recommendations to help improve that disease that they are experts in. America Heart Association, you know, they came up with a DASH diet. The Arthritis Foundation, they really support anti-inflammatory foods and support the Mediterranean diet. The American Cancer Society has their own nutrition guidelines. They all take the foundation of the DRIs, but then apply their expert opinion on what to follow. I would like to add that since the government got involved, they are promoting health and wellness and education with our public that they came up with a daily reference value percent. That's on our food label. And so the percent that you see there is based on their dietary guidelines for Americans, the percent of intake that you need per day based on a 2000 calorie a day meal plan. This is where our food labeling comes in. This was a great promotional benefit from our government to add food labeling. And now we are seeing food labeling that is required for most fast food restaurants, cafeterias. I was reading about food labeling and it said that any organization that has more than 20 building sites, so a fast food restaurant such as McDonald's or Wendy's is supposed to now have nutrition labels and guidelines. It is highly recommended that all food service establishments provide this information in order to promote nutritional health and wellness and just a knowledge base to educate us so we are aware of what we are eating. You know, when I see a nutrition label, if I go someplace and I'm out to eat and they've changed the menu and they add all the nutritional facts on the menu, it does help drive my decision of what I'm gonna choose. You know, sometimes I'll see something, I'll go, whoa, I didn't realize that had so much fat or that had so many calories or maybe this is a better option. Really having those nutrition labels helps us make better decisions. Okay, what do we do with all this information? Why did I bring this up today? (laughs) Who do we believe? Well, in my opinion, I think we need to believe the experts in that field. If I'm an obesity medicine provider, I'm gonna follow the recommendations of the expert society and association that I belong to, that I received my education in. They are by far the experts. They have done many research and evidence-based trials to support their recommendations. Likewise, cardiologists, diabetics, the endocrine society, all of those have very valid, important information to share for us. I really think it comes down to understanding who the authors are, where the evidence-based research came, 
and where the advice is coming from. If you're a healthcare provider, I know you have probably heard of and accessed a reference called Up to Date. There's other references out there like Lexicom, Hippocrates, all of those. They have a panel of physicians or providers that are experts in their field that help publish and do the research to provide that document. But really, that does not take into account the expert opinion of each organization that truly specializes in that disease process. It is a great reference. There's lots of great references out there, but you should know to be educated yourself of where to find the correct information and who to believe. With my patients, I have them log their food in an app on their phone. And there's lots of different types of food apps on your phone or on the computer that help log and keep track of your calorie intake, your macronutrients, and you can set these apps with your goals. Like, do you wanna maintain your weight? Do you wanna lose weight? Do you wanna build muscle? What kind of meal plan do you wanna follow? And then it comes up with guidelines on how to help you. Really, when you choose an app, you should look at the foundation of which nutrition history they have applied to the makeup of their app to come up with those numbers for you. I did a little research on just one app, which seems to be the most popular in my program that I recommend. Like I said, there's lots of good apps. You can get good data and these apps can help you succeed and keep you accountable and help keep track of your food and macronutrients. But when you're using an app, it's interesting to see what foundation the data that they loaded into that app to come up with the numbers that it's recommending. There are some apps that use the old RDA baseline, but this app that I looked at, MyFitnessPal, they use the dietary guidelines set from 2010 from the USDA and Health and Human Services. They have loaded the information into that app based on the 2010 guidelines. You can see that it's already 2023. Based on those guidelines, they have been updated several times so far as far as the U.S. government goes, but the actual app itself is still using the 2010 guidelines just teaching you to be cautious, that there are cautionary guidelines and it doesn't mean that one size fits all. Really meeting with an expert, your expert, either your primary care provider that knows a lot about nutrition, your nutrition therapist, or your obesity management provider will help guide you and set the guidelines based on your health history. Remember, not one size fits all. We are all different. And a weight loss program, getting healthy and well, specifically should keep into account your health conditions to promote health and wellness and set those recommendations for you. So I hope this helps. I hope you have learned something about history of nutrition, 
who to believe, the theories out there, what's out there, and then the products that we're using. I just want you to be educated to know that there are guidelines and they are loose guidelines because like I said, healthcare changes all the time. Our nutrition recommendations change all the time. Every conference I go to every year, they add something new. Oh, we studied this, but now we've studied this even further, or we have more data because it's been a longer period of time to adequately make recommendations to move forward in this subject matter. I hope this helps. I'm so glad I was able to bring it to you today. Another piece of the puzzle, remember, it's a big puzzle we're putting together. So this is the education piece, your knowledge base on how to be more aware of the information that's provided to you. Have a great day.